hey, hey, everybody, welcome to the Art of Idiocy. And did you notice a new theme song to it? Yeah, that's right. You want to know why? Because I had 2,000 downloads, past 2,000 downloads this week. So thank you, one, thank you all. And to, uh, to celebrate it, I made a shorter song so you don't have to be uh, hear a bunch of my stupid intro crap. Give you part of your life back, man. I'm a giver. That's what it is. Yes. So the art of EDC. This is Brian Newton Fuller from Scorpion Ranch in beautiful Jacoba, Texas, coming to you during the COVID. Oh man, I hope everybody's doing well during the COVID. I um, it's been crazy here. I mean, all this kind of lockdown, all this stuff, wearing a mask everywhere, and also here in the states, we're in the middle of a uh, election campaign, which has been uh, beyond bizarre to say the least. Like the last four years with Trump hasn't been bizarre enough. So uh, hopefully uh, people will get out there. I'm going to tell you, get out and vote. I'm going to tell you straight up, I freaking hate Trump. I want him out of there. He's a racist piece of crap. So if uh, anybody's listening to this and you're a Trumper, why are you listening to my podcast? Because uh, you're just going to get, your blood pressure is going to go through the roof, especially if you go read my Facebook page. And go read my Facebook page <laughs> if, if you want to hear what I have to say about uh, Donald Trump. And uh, so there you go. Get it on out there. You know, I'm, uh, I'll lay it all out there on the line because I care. I care. No, I really don't care. That's really more important right there. Oh, and one other thing I want to let you know, I started doing another podcast with my friend Dave Kimball, Dave Kindle, excuse me about that. And it's called uh, Ronkin, Ronkin Turista is what it's called. So you might want to go out there and check it out. It's spelled R-A-C-O-N-T-E-U-R-I-S-T-A. What we do is we pick out a uh, we pick out a music group that we dig on, and we'll talk about them. But we uh, start drinking beers and mezcal, and so we kind of get to the music along with a lot of other things. So check it out. Rock and Turista, we just put the first one up on The Clash here this week. So we're going to be doing, I think the next one going to be R.E.M. So there we go. But what I'm going to do here today is I'm going to read this one uh, from the book. I got to read it because I couldn't really memorize this one. It's a little bit too uh, intricate. And it's uh, a one that shows really the dynamic of my father and I uh, when I was a kid. And my dad passed away like about nine years ago. And so this will give you a little insight into the the pain and suffering <laughs> that I think I, I threw his way. So it's called Dad Spare Change and working at the car wash. Here we go. Yeah, see, when I was, I was a kid, I needed money. Uh, I needed it to buy Slurpees, Matchbox cars, and monkeys. That's right. I said monkeys. Because, see, back in my day, you could go to the pet store, and you could buy spider monkeys, piranhas, and caimans, which are like, like alligators. You could buy all that. Best part is, you didn't need your parents' permission to buy these creatures. Long as they had cash, they didn't give a shit what you had to say, man. I mean, that's right. You could go to Doctor's Pet Store, and it was in the friggin' mall of all places, and for $14.99 plus tax, you could buy yourself a spider monkey, commerce at its finest. And I almost had one of the monkeys until up my fat mouth. I had saved up like 10 bucks, and I let it slip to my folks that, you know, I was only $4.99 away from a monkey. And, you know, I totally busted myself, right? My parents informed me that if I showed up with a monkey, They'd keep the monkey and get rid of me as a monkey wouldn't talk back to him. But I told them, like, hey, you know, monkeys have been thrown, uh, known to throw their old crap around. And my dad looked at me and said, eh, the monkey's still a better deal. 
Uh, needless to say, I didn't respond to this comment, and I didn't get that monkey. Uh, The way he said it, it was enough there for me to be a little worried about that. So took the uh, took the safe path there. So so with the monkey out of the way, all my money went to 7-Eleven. 7-Elevens when I grew up were the convenience stores uh, everywhere. And this is where all my friends and I did most of our business, which were pretty much the following. We got Slurpees that you had to make yourself and Slurpees that crushed ice with sugar in it. And you had to get them, you had to put, make them yourself because you had to get that corresponding layering of Coke, cherry, Coke, cherry, Coke, cherry. And then, you know, you'd get on that and you suck on that little straw until you got brain freeze, which would take you down. And we got a lot of trading cards, but not like baseball trading cards. What we get is it have that gum and then have these cards in there. And the ones that we were into were these ones that had like Ed, Big Daddy, Roth, and uh, Rat Fink. They were hot rod trading cards. It was these cards with these crazy drawings of cards with these huge engines and squealing tires and crazy monsters drove them. I mean, they were like friggin' awesome, man. And we were also into a thing called wacky packages, uh, trading cards. And what they were, they were these great cartoons and these spoof products like, like, like Minute Rice. It'd be like Minute Lice. And with the drawing of a housewife freaking out over a pan of lice. So, you know, the grosser the better, right? But it didn't go for the gum they put in the cards. I mean, that stuff was like, oh, my God. I mean, I don't think gum's supposed to cut your tongue. <laughs> it tastes like cardboard. Man, that stuff would break, and you'd be bleeding all that stuff, man. Another thing, we got comic books. Man, we got a lot of comic books. They were like our version of the Wall Street Journal, right? But we didn't get like other kids were, you know, into Superman, Spider-Man, all that kind of stuff. We didn't get into that. We got into this weird stuff called Rippy's Believe It or Not, which was, first of all, one of the greatest concepts ever. Ripley's Believe It or Not, whatever. Everybody paid for it. I don't really give a shit. So I love this, love his attitude there. And then we also had the famous monsters of Filmland. And uh, and it really like I said, it wasn't really a comic book that had these great pictures of like Frankenstein, Creature of the Blue Lagoon, all that sort of stuff, along with Mad Magazine. Obviously, we did Mad Magazine, and that was like the you know, the Bible of everything wonderful right there with Mad Magazine. So it was you know the the the, the trifecta, Ripley's Believe It Not, Famous Monsters, and Mad Magazine. You couldn't go wrong. And the only thing to top it off would be candy. And I mean candy that had to have sugar in it, right? It had to have sugar. We're talking pixie sticks, licking sticks, Jolly Ranchers, Starburst, Sprees, Wacky Wafers, you know, any of that sweet tarts, all that stuff. Anything with sugar. We'd eat so much of that sugar that I swear to God, our tongues would lose their moisture and they become like like leather belts, right? And between the sugar, the sugar rush, rap fiend cards, and Ripley's Believe It or Not comic books, we were living the life as long as we had the change to spend, right? And that's where the dilemma would come into play because I mean I couldn't manage my money, you know, at least not after the money monkey fiasco. I mean, what was the point when I got my allowance? I was like a little junkie. I'd be jonesing until I got my allowance. I immediately jump on my bike, ride to Seven Eleven, aka my dealer, and spend it on the aforementioned products. If I didn't have enough, I'd go looking for bottles that I could get a five-cent return just to feed my habit. Man, I had a monkey on my back, and it was costing me a lot more than $14.99. So I did, in those times of need, I did what any red-blooded American kid did in those dire times. 
I stole it from my parents. I didn't really actually steal. It's not the right word. It's more like abscond, uh, relieve, lift. Nah, nah, it was steal. It was steal. That would be the right word. Because bottom line is, they had too much money. I mean, seriously. I mean, my old man had an ashtray on his nightstand filled with chains. If that doesn't say I have too much money, then I don't know what does. And it was this change bowl that I couldn't keep away from in times of financial straits. When I need to feed my sugar, my, my sugar jones, it was time to slink my way into my parents' room, first making sure that they weren't around, right? But once I was in the room, I'd go to the nightstand where the treasures lie. Now, I needed the money, but even I was smart enough not to kill the golden goose. No, sir, I'd never take it all at once. I was very methodical in my approach. I'd take something like one dime, two nickels, four pennies. See, that 24 cents would load me up on sugar and still leave money till a little bit later. And I'd pocket the money, and it'll change, and head back down the hall. But almost every time, I would panic. It would run through my mind that maybe I took too much. You know, was it going to be noticeable? You know, I had a choice to make at that point. Should I put some of the money back, or should I just move the remaining change around? Greed made me opt for the latter. So I'd rush back to the bowl and I'd kind of move the coins around and move them all around, right? Had to make it look like it was before I took the whole 24 cents out of it. It was no easy task, my friend. I mean, it always took me a few times before it looked like I'd never been there. And once I was satisfied, took off down the hall with the knowledge, the beautiful knowledge that I had succeeded in that. Because in my opinion, it was that one deft move on the remaining change of moving around the guaranteed the following scenario would never happen, right? My father gets home, goes in the bedroom to change. Halfway through taking off his tie, he glances at the change bowl. He'd immediately notice that one dime to the left, one nickel in the middle, one on the right, four pennies from the top they were all missing. He'd ask me if I knew what happened to the missing 24 cents. In my sugar rush state, my stuttering and flop sweat would be all I needed to see that I was guilty. From there, it was groundings for life. So you can see, my rearranging of the change was a highly, highly important part of this chapter, if not the most, right? Let's fast forward to one fateful day that my dad and I go to the car wash. It was always the same when we went to the car wash. It was a time that my dad thought it was time to teach me a lesson about the world. And when we pulled the car wash, he'd point to the people wiping off the cars after they came out of the car wash, and he'd say, if you don't go to school, this is the only job you'll be able to get. I have no idea why my dad deemed that these guys would have cars as the uneducated of the world and like the worst level where he could be. I mean, it seems like, you know, some guy begging on the street or a hitchhiker would be a better target for him to show me what the worst is. But not my dad. For what a reason? I don't know. Car wash dudes. That was the worst. So, we, you know, you get to the car wash, you get out of the car, you'd watch a car get washed and wait for, you know, my future co-workers my dad to finish, you know, wiping off the car. And after you'd finish, you get in the car and you drive off. And so this day, we're driving off, and my, my dad glanced down and saw that the ashtray was pulled out. And he kind of yelled, he goes, what? He goes, those sorry bastards stole all my change. And of course, I yelled to myself in my head, like, what? Because I never knew he kept change in the car ashtray. I should have been on that. Oh, my God. I, my, my, my slinking duties, my stealthy duties, I, I, I lost it right there, right? My, my, but then my father said, he goes, I can't believe they took all of it. At this point, you know, I realized that I wasn't ever going to work at the car wash as those guys were stupid. You don't take all the change. 
anybody knows that. Give me a break. At that point, I was I was solid in knowing I was never working at the freaking car wash. And my father, though, my father then followed up with, he goes, hey, if they were smart, they'd just take a little of that change and move it around like you do. Yeah, at that point, I realized that the car wash had never looked like a better place for me to go work. So there we go. Dad, spare change and working at the car wash. I hope y'all liked it. I hope you do like it. Please, uh, you know, go out there to uh, listen to all this stuff in the great places. Uh, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, anywhere you want to. You can go to Buzzsprout, look up the art of idiocy, whatever you want to do. So uh, keep on doing it. Keep on listening. I totally appreciate it. Seriously, I really do. So that is it. I'm going to hop on out of here and I will be back with another one I think I'll do this week that's going to deal with uh, me, uh, my first forays into drinking alcohol. <laughs> it's, it's, a sad, it's a sad but, but reality, but reality story right there. <laughs> All right, that is it. Thanks so much. I'll see you later. 